You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we come to you today once again, and I say that for the penultimate time of once again for a Nipatuck recap. We are in to the 99th episode, the second last ever episode of Nipatuck. It's such a Hard feat to believe we've achieved here. We've still got one week to go. We could die or something in the next week or so. It might not happen. Who knows? But uh, Walter and Edith Krieger, the uh, 18th episode of Season 6, to be precise. Uh, this first aired on the 24th of February, 2010. It was written by one of our showrunners, Brad Fulchok. It was directed by Dirk Kraft. And, uh, yeah, we... Uh, here at the second last one, setting things up for the finale and really starting to uh, bring this show home to a close. My name is Ben, and you want to know what's weird? Every time I see you, I get a hard on. How do I know you're going to use that one? Um, my name is Nick, <laughs> and uh, can I suggest a final three-way? Tickets on yourself much there, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> How did I know you were going to say that? It was just... <laughs> it was just the the line of this episode. It was just it was begging to be used as a, an opening quote. Which, for so sure. you had it ready to go, but you knew I was going to steal it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you never know. You, you you can surprise me from time to time. Okay. So you, you you never want to be too sure. But uh, I I kind of had a feeling that's where we were going. Well, one thing I am sure about, and on one place I know that we are going, is sort of to the conclusion of Nip Tuck because we are here, the ninety ninth episode out of a hundred. Um, you know, we've we've gone over this enough over the last few weeks about how here we are. We're getting here. It's amazing. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is, you sort of alluded to it a week or so ago, that this is sort of like a, a two-parter almost. Um, not officially billed as a two-parter, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely laying the groundworks for what is going to be the final two episodes of this show. But, um, my goodness, Nick, we are here. We are about to get into this penultimate episode. Yeah, and I mean, it, it is like we've said a lot over the last kind of, you know, three or four weeks that, you know, this is kind of leading to the end and this is kind of, you know, starting to take us down where the, where the show's going to go. But we're here now. Like, this really, really is. And, you know, I do say that because I think that a lot of what happens in this episode really is the ending. Like, I think, that, you know, there's probably a lot of characters that we see for the last time in this episode. Um, I, I haven't actually noted who they are, but I'm sure there are some people there. Um, you know, I think we kind of get, um, you know, the, the major kind of sending off for Julia in this episode as well. Um, and, yeah, I just think there's there's a lot of interesting stuff happening. And we obviously get um, the return of uh, a, a very, very important character in the show um, to kind of wrap us up in the last two episodes. And, yeah, it just it feels like we're, we're, we're starting to send off in this episode. It's uh, very hard to watch the last episode without having watched this one, you know, kind of pretty much immediately before it, I think. Yeah, and I think kind of as we get into this, it sort of really continues a bit of a trend this season that we've had where we kind of get unique patience and, again, ideas that sort of actually work in sort of a unique level. And um, it, it is sort of interesting when they could have easily just at this point just gone, well, screw it, you know, we're ending in two weeks, we don't even need a patient, you know, we can just sort of like focus on some other things. But they, they go all out of their way here to obviously still focus on uh, what this show is about. And we meet our titular character straight away, Edith and Walter Krieger, Krieger um, who are uh, an elderly couple and they have uh, tattoos on their wrists and obviously they're survivors of uh, the Holocaust uh, during World War Two. 
and uh, they've come here to get them removed. And uh, essentially, they're um, they're doing this to finally sort of uh, get this removed from them, so they don't have to see with it and live through the scars. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's sort of a touching story um, that we have, kind of to set things up and. You know, yeah. through sort of all this drama and everything that we're getting throughout this episode, I think it kind of still has such a, a level, a levelness to this storyline that you, you're intrigued, you're caring about, and uh, you know, still didn't, done in such a way where it's it's effective. I feel. Yeah, certainly a um a, a very interesting story, and um, as always in classic nitpick fashion, it doesn't quite go the way you expect it to. But um, just want to take one tiny little step back, which is to kind of look at the previously on se- section that we got here, and basically all of it is um, from you know stuff that came in the um, the Doctor Griffin episode all backwards, um, which really kind of. Um, kind of helps my theory, explain my theory that I think actually that was supposed to be the episode that leads into this one and for whatever reason they skipped it around with, with the one we saw last week. So just a, a tiny little point I wanted to make there that I think it really emphasises that point. Um, in terms of these characters, yeah, I think it is they're interesting characters to get started in. and I like that we kind of have some um, some real tension between them and the, I, the daughter um, who's kind of sitting in the background squabbling with them while they're having this this consult which is really interesting and you kind of get the point from from, from the father that he's maybe got some concerns about it, but as long as his wife is happy, then he's happy, um, which kind of sets us up for where we're going to go in this episode. Um, I'm not entirely sure I believe these guys are World War Two survivors. They look a bit young to me, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we need to do the maths on that one but or if it really matters, but, um, yeah, I think it's um, they're potentially a little bit young to be serving this role, but that's okay. Well, I guess they could have been little uh well, at least um uh edith could have been i mean i know we kind of see harold sort of as an older person um i'm just seeing here if we have an age on this actor uh at least uh hildy brooks is her name she actually hasn't acted in anything since nip tuck um so there's something for you there and in terms of uh the male here walter played by harold gould Born in 1923, so I mean that's doable. He could have been like 20. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that's yep, no, fair enough. It, 22. Yep, that's totally, totally fair. Sadly, yep. he uh, passed away not too long after this episode aired. He died in 2010. So, um, sad to hear there. Um, we get uh, after this scene. Obviously, we uh, we have Sean and um, Christian doing some sort of what tax return or something, isn't it? Um, and then Matt shows up just as they're leaving, and um, we have Christian uh, sticking around for dinner. Ramona has cooked some food, so they're kind of having this dinner, and this, of course, is, you know, following on for the fact that apparently Matt didn't want to see these two again, but here he is anyway. Um, and basically, yeah, he's inviting them along to the wedding, um, and, yeah, sort of, I guess, setting up the groundwork here that, you know, Matt's not just completely cutting them out of their lives. If only he had have done that, and maybe we wouldn't have had what's going to happen with Matt. But, um, does, I'm going to stop it here, because obviously I feel like the next scene really does need to be, uh, talked about separately for plenty of reasons. But, um, the one thing I, I really kind of have to question here, and I, I praise so much this show for its continuity efforts, but we have the, the invitation here, which is apparently all in Spanish. We know Sean doesn't speak Spanish. Can we just go back to the very first episode of Nip Tuck where Christian spoke Spanish and now apparently he doesn't understand this uh, wedding invite? Just a small little <laughs> nitpick there. Um, but yeah, yes. setting us up here for, for Matt's wedding to the character of Ramona who we just have fallen so in love with as viewers. Oh, yeah, she's a fan favourite for sure. Um, <laughs> Top 10 um, overall, Nip Tuck. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised we haven't got a, an a interview of her already online. But um, yeah, it, it's um, it, it's kind of weird as well because kind of Matt is kind of learning Spanish, and we yeah we kind of got that thing obviously. With, well, did you say Matt or Christian? Because yeah, we definitely had the thing with Matt, um, and that you know the, maybe even the the oh that's the very true. They also episode. spoke Spanish in the pilot um, too. Did they both did? Yeah, like. Yeah, him and Julia were kind of speaking Spanish to each other, and Sean was getting pissed off because he couldn't understand what his family wow, was talking you're right, about. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, yeah, continuity is definitely missing here a little bit. Um, but yeah, I guess we're kind of seeking, um, setting up the drama here, really, that we've got this, um, you know, this this wedding that's going to happen, and um, God, Nip Tuck loves a good wedding or a good engagement. Like all these characters feel like they've been married or engaged or divorced or God, so many times now, it's starting to feel like friends, isn't it? Like everybody's getting married or in, in a relationship all the time. It's um, a little bit confusing to kind of <laughs> keep track of it all at times. And, you know, again, we're going to get another another character here who's about to get married this episode as well. Well, I think actually, if I, I was working this out, I think it was in this scene. So this is going to be the second time Matt's been married after Kimba. Uh, Christian has been married twice to Kimba and to Liz. Sean has been married twice to Julia and to Teddy. So they've all been married twice. <laughs> you know, the common thread, of course, <laughs> yep. generally is Kimba. Um, Christian was also engaged to, um, to Kimba as well as, um, Michelle. Thank you. Why was I going blank on her name? I feel so ashamed for that as much as I talked up Michelle. Um, Sean, was he not engaged at some point to somebody else as well? Oh, didn't he propose to, um, to Kate as well? Yeah. Yeah. Season five. Yeah. Yep, yep. I don't think, I don't think they actually did. She said yes. I don't, I'm not sure, but, uh, yeah, there was definitely a proposal on his part. And Matt, God knows, like, I mean, he was just with everyone. <laughs> so, I mean, the thing <laughs> yeah. that I find interesting, I think, with the Matt stuff that we're really getting, we'll obviously talk more about with Matt, because really you could almost say these final two episodes in some aspect almost make Matt the central focus in some aspects. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah very much so. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. Um, but I think it's kind of interesting to kind of – we've just talked about hashtag Paul Matt throughout this whole show and that kind of the way he will ultimately end up is basically down to a hashtag Paul Matt decision. But it's also a case of I'm I'm just going to say it now. I, I love the way Matt ends. <laughs> I think I said that when I talked to John Hensley. You know, it's kind of – it is how it is. But, um, yeah, I mean, we should have been doing like some sort of like, um, you know, diagram following the dots and the lines through marriages and, you know, engagements and children and things like <laughs> Be that. Like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. Some sort of, you know, house thing going along. I'm just nearly choking on my own, uh, uh, hiccup there for some random reason. If you heard a weird noise, um, I think I was also making a weird noise because <laughs> what are we about to have next? Um, I, 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 again, remember watching this, uh, live and just not knowing this was actually going to happen. So, uh, we are basically back at McNamara Troy. Sean and Christian are walking down, uh, the, the corridor essentially. And there's a very attractive lady at reception kind of from behind and they're sort of, you know, fighting. She's mine. What's to say she's mine? And she turns around. Who is it? It's Ava. Ava Moore is back. And, oh, I lost my proverbial shit when I saw this episode. Um, I've said it so many times, I would have been so mad if they didn't find a way to bring her back at some point before the end of this, and I'm glad they do it in the finale and sort of the the penultimate episode too. Um, you know, we, we talked her up, go back and listen to us during season two about how much, you know, particularly I'm glowing with her and the character and, you know, arguably probably my favourite character in all of Nip Tuck. 
uh, outside of the main group. So, um, yeah, Famke Jansen, still looking incredible. The woman does not age at all. Um, so she is just looking absolutely amazing here. And, um, basically we kind of get a few things to fill in the gaps, which I sort of like, you know, obviously we, we learn about Adrian and sort of her, um, you know, reaction and everything to finding out it was deemed suicide and, you know, the fact that she just kind of left him there and then she's got another baby. She's kind of, uh, well, I mean, we haven't found out really at the moment she's stolen this baby, but you know, she's adopted another baby. It's got a medical condition and she's basically brought, uh, this baby along to Sean and Christian to get it fixed because, uh, you know, they are the best essentially. Um, but, uh, you know, other little things we learn, uh, Barrett, aka Alec Baldwin has died. So, uh, he has left all of the money to Ava. So basically Ava's very, very well off. This baby's called Raphael. Um, and yeah, just kind of setting up, uh, what we've got here. And I mean, it's, it's kind of a thing like, and again, we'll get to it when we get to, um, the Matt stuff, obviously. Cause I mean, we sort of get a little bit of a, an inkling here when she mentions Matt and, uh, you know, Christian's like, don't mention his name again. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a case of Ava's back. You know, Matt's going to be involved somewhere. It's no different to like when we got, uh, we met Ramona for the first time. There's no way in hell he's going to happily marryly sit down with this woman who, as we're a fan favorite, you know, who we've met for five minutes. So, I mean, you know, it's sort of going to come this episode, at least with Matt and Ava, but, um, oh God, am I thrilled that she's back. Like, look, this, this season in general overall, you know, is, not being the best season of Nip Tuck, but the way they kind of end it and bring back Ava at this point, I think it's just perfect timing. Yeah, no, I don't really enjoy having Ava back. No, I'm just going to get out of this show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it is really good, and it's funny because, you know, obviously I've known that she's coming back, um, even though I kind of my my memory is kind of patchy of this this final um, season before we started talking about it, I really don't remember what my reaction was the first time I watched this. Um, I, you know, like it's funny how you say oh, I just would have been wrong if she didn't come. You know, it wouldn't have been right if she didn't come back. And I, I don't necessarily feel that way. I, you know, it's not that I don't like her. I just I never really assumed that. You know, a, a, a very good, you know, season long character. To me, I didn't just assume that we would see her again because I think, you know, you could say that about a lot. You know, it would have been good to see Michelle back in this, you know, um, potentially kind of like a Quentin or somebody like, you know, there's lots of kind of season long characters that we've really enjoyed. And, um, you know, Ava's potentially the best of them. So maybe that's the one you definitely want to bring back. But I, I never really assumed we would get her back and it, you know it is like a really nice surprise i think it's probably just enough ava you know i think um i yeah i guess probably you could have had her for longer but it feels like a nice little dose without kind of just a gratuitous callback just for the sake of it it does feel like it's enough without kind of dominating this the the overall storyline they've got going on, on here um and there's just like lots of little moments here you know like i i like the whole thing if they kind of walk, walk through the door together and they see this you know good looking woman from behind and you know they've got these big smiles on their face and they're kind of you know joking about who's going to who's going to have her type of thing and um you know when she turns around and just the the expression on their face as they realize who it is and then they kind of cut to the next scene where they're actually in the consult room and you know especially Sean just looks so pissed off and you know I think that's all really good it just kind of sells you on what a big moment this is for these characters and it's just one of those things I think really um you know for those characters that have stuck this out when it's kind of maybe gotten a little bit worse along the road here it's just a really nice reward for those long-term um viewers of the show i think uh, yeah i mean look i i'll say quickly that i mean i definitely don't disagree with you that like yeah we could have brought anyone back really um 
all those examples are great. And I, I would have loved to have seen Michelle come back. I would have loved to have seen Quinton come back. You know, um, you know, Marlo, you know, like, love to have seen them come back. It's just, I think in terms of influential characters, I mean, we discussed this recently a few weeks ago, didn't we, about kind of, who had the biggest influence on Matt? It, it was Ava. You know, it's so like everything's in post Ava. It's kind of, it's, that's defined Matt. So I think kind of, as we just mentioned, the fact that they've essentially turned Matt almost into the star of these final two episodes, it, you can't, I, I feel you can't have Matt's conclusion. It's nothing short of, you know, John Hensley's suggestion. And we'll, I want to talk about that at some point, you know, sort of the, the notion of suicide. I really feel you can't conclude Matt without Ava involved in it. I just, I just feel it's impossible because she defined him. She's defined him as a character since season two. So, um, you know, unless Matt remained in jail or something like that, you know, he's out in the free world and he's about to get married to somebody who, again, we just, we don't give a shit about. I'm sorry, Ramona. We don't care about you. I, I just personally feel there's no way you could have done anything different with Matt. Nothing short of suicide without bringing Ava back. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it, it's kind of a good way to tidy up his storyline. But, you know, I think there are, I, I disagree. I think there are lots of ways you could have taken the Matt storyline. I think it's probably, in terms of the most influential moment for him and his storyline, you know, that's kind of the moment where we, we kind of say, well, you know, Matt turns a corner and there's no going back to the Matt who we knew before as kind of, you know, when everything happens with Ava at the end of season two. Is that, you know, and, and you kind of get that physical transformation at the start of season three when he's shaving his head and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I think that is a real kind of marking point for Matt and who he is as a character. So, um, it, it, to me, it makes total sense. It just wasn't something that I was expecting or anticipating. Um, so it just comes as a nice surprise to me. And I think the way they, they kind of tie the story together really works for me. So, um, it's definitely not a complaint. It's just not something I really expected. The one thing that is, if I will say, slightly disappointing about her reveal, and I guess you understand why they have to do it, but if you're actually paying attention to the guest starring, uh, credits at the beginning, you see <laughs> yeah. special guest star, Famke Jansen, which, you know, again, we know why they have to do it, but, um, it's, yeah, I always like to compare 24, but, you know, kind of 24 always went through sort of a soft start, unless it was a massive cliffhanger. And the credits were kind of always very noticeable because of the way they kind of did the split screens with the black boxes. And, you know, you'd always see like, you know, guest star and blah, blah, blah. And then you'd have like, and Dennis Haysbert. And you're like, oh, President Palmer's coming back. Like, sometimes there's, there's a time and place. Like, if I was an actor, I'd be like, look, forego my credit. Um, because I want this to be a reveal to the audience. And like, I, I understand that you, if you get credited at a certain point, uh, you get paid more. Uh, so that's kind of what it comes down to. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's, that's just a little nitpick, I guess, when it comes to that. Um, so we have the surgery, um, with the, our Krigers, and it's kind of a sweet little scene with these two sort of, uh, having a song, uh, you know, not our traditional CD being played. It's sort of just the overhead of, uh, Walter's song and sort of in the midst of all this, Liz, uh, we find out her baby is perfect. She's 12 weeks along which is fantastic. Good for Liz. You know, I really like the way they'll wrap up Liz uh, next week as well. Um, but I think we kind of lose something again in this reveal because, you know, I think we talked about this, what, it was about six, seven, however many weeks ago it was, ten weeks ago when, uh, you know, Julia sort of had her last episode until this episode. And we talked about this constantly with her that, you know, Jolly Richardson never leaves the credits of this show. And yet she, in the last two seasons, has barely appeared in any of them. And yet this is kind of like the big return of like, yay, Julia's back. And 
again, like a similar thing I'll say, like, uh, you know, as much as I would have gotten angry if Avon had not come back, I think we all would have been very ropeable if Julia didn't come back, you know, like or not, you know, you can't have this show without her, you know, particularly in the first three seasons, uh, four seasons really. So, you know, here's a big reveal of Julia, but I, I just feel like something's slightly lost in this because this is again, a similar Ava moment. We're like, Hey, here she is. She's back. Um, but I mean, like, I think you seem like you're a fan of the Julia stuff in these two episodes. Uh, I'm kind of middle of the road. I don't hate it. It's just kind of there and kind of just some of the stuff we're going to get with her. I, I understand why they do it and it makes perfect sense why they do it, but I'm not necessarily going to be a huge fan. But can I just say, Jolly Richardson does look incredible. She actually really does look <laughs> incredible on her return. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, just one thing on that surgery scene is I'm surprised they have to actually put them under general anaesthetic to do that. I would have thought that uh, you would have been able to basically do that kind of surgery under a local. Like I think we've seen other ones where they've done a you know a tattoo removal, um, you know, just under a local anaesthetic or whatever. So I was kind of surprised about that. But I guess older people, um, maybe these are slightly different tattoos in terms of you know it's just it's a branding tool, so maybe it's not quite the same type of thing. So yeah, just an interesting kind of point to to note there. I guess. Um, I, I guess with the Julia stuff is kind of what I like about it is that I feel like Jolie Richardson finally kind of feels at home in this role. It kind of, you know, it, it, whenever she's kind of been playing before, it's always felt pretty forced. Whereas basically all the scenes, she feels really relaxed. Um, she kind of looks at home in this role, which is really weird that we've kind of got to this point. And I don't know if you noticed it, um, probably more so in the next episode, but definitely in this one is that her accent really starts to slip. And, you know, you get a lot of the kind of English affection in, in her, in her tone and her accent and things. And I think, you know, she's just not trying as hard to put on the accent in this one. It, it's still there obviously but she's not trying as hard and it, you know the kind of english accent slips through and i think it kind of makes her feel a little bit more kind of just yeah like i say relaxed and um you know even the kind of tension stuff between her and sean because obviously she you knows she wants the, the kids to go to england with her because she's met this guy and um it, it just it doesn't feel quite as melodramatic and and ridiculous as, as sometimes we've seen with her. Um, yeah, I just for me it just kind of works in terms of the way she's playing off the other characters in this one a whole lot better. So and yeah, I totally agree. I think it, it, it's kind of funny. Like we've got to you know, she's obviously a few years older than she was when the show first started, but I think she's never looked, you know, physically looked better than she does in, in this episode. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, we kind of get um, this sort of, you know, catch-up between the characters, and are we led to believe that, like, Julia and Sean and none of them just talk outside of whenever they, like, catch up within each other in the cities? But Julia is getting married, um, and I do kind of like that line that Christian sort of says, like, he, she, animal, vegetable, whatever, whatever she says. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we find out she's getting married to some rich Englishman and basically wants uh, Annie and Connor to move to London, says, hey, Sean, can you sign this? And Sean gets angry. Uh, what a surprise. Um, and then um, we get uh, a sort of a surgery here. Um, where it's kind of some random boob job and just kind of this little scene between Christian and Sean sort of discussing about it and, you know, kind of Sean finding out, with, you know, he's still in love with her. Um, and then we sort of cut to a scene where Christian's sort of catching up with Julia and talking a little bit about this guy who, again, we never meet. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, and they're both sort of saying about how, you know, they look so great. Um, you know, Christian talking about going to couples therapy and saying how, you know, he feels that things are still different between them, um, basically. And then we kind of have this scene of them basically, uh, is this meant to be in the bathroom? I thought this was just like back at a hotel or something like that where Christian is 
trying to seduce Julia and it kind of cuts away, basically, because I guess they were like, oh, my God, she's moaning, quickly cut away. Um, but, okay, this is, like, I guess my issue with the Julia stuff. And, again, like, I don't disagree with anything you said. I just... It just feels... I don't say rushed, but maybe it is rushed. It's just kind of like, hey, we've got to bring Julia back. What are we going to do with her? Oh, hey, she's getting married. Oh, hey, how can she finally get away from Sean? Oh, she's moving to London. Now, like, can we just establish that next week, what we find out when this show ends, Sean's technically moving closer to her <laughs> in like a week's time. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, finally she's out of my life. I think she's going to actually be end up being closer to her next week than Los Angeles and New York. If we can do a quick little Google of how far London and Bucharest are apart from each other, like, <laughs> but the point is, it's like, do like I, I feel we've concluded everything with Julia and these two. Like, I just don't feel we need to revisit. Oh, Christian still gets hard every time we see her. Oh, Sean's still in love with her. It's just my glaring issue here. Like, we, we don't need this anymore. We've had it. We've got it. We've dealt with it. It's To me, the conclusion is about Sean and Christian, not about Julia. Find a way. Like, Julia comes back simply for Matt's wedding. Annie and Connor come along. Um, maybe bring in the fact that, hey, we're moving to London. Maybe. But even just take that out. Just have them still living in New York. We, do, we don't need her. Like, you know, I guess it's kind of like, yeah, we want Julia to have a happy ending, but... I kind of feel she's independent and free and had a happy ending now because she sort of let go of her mother and she's living in New York with her kids. So, I mean, it's weird as that sounds because, yes, she's technically still a top four build character. Like, to me, the Julia story is, is ended. I mean, I mentioned that last season. Kill her off when we did it, like when she got um, shot last season. It would have made a difference. So, that's my little rant. I'm glad she comes back at least. I just, I'm still tired and whinging of the, oh my god, Christian loves her, oh my god, Sean loves her, oh, let's try and fuck, oh no, I'm leaving. Yeah, I mean, I I can totally see what you're saying, it's, um, it is probably a little bit frivolous, you really don't need this, this kind of little storyline, I guess she's just been such a major part of the show, and, you know, they've committed to not killing her off, so I would have been disappointed if we hadn't seen her at all, did we need to kind of move her to London, maybe not, I think it's probably meant to be something that kind of spurs Sean on, and, you know, and and kind of gives him the freedom to kind of go and, you know, because maybe one of the things that you could argue is that if she stayed in, in New York, and we into the show with kind of Christian with Sean kind of neglecting his own children to kind of go and save other children around the world and that might feel a little bit strange so I guess it probably gives him the freedom to kind of you know it's to go and do his thing like I guess it's a it's a way of doing that it's probably a, a I'm you know I'm probably clutching at straws a little bit but um I feel that that's probably why it's there um I can totally see why you maybe don't love this but um and, and I'm not saying I love it I think it just it, it feels pretty natural to me and um I'm, I'm not really being taken out of the scene so yeah for me it works well enough interesting always good to have your opinion that I don't... Yeah, anyway. Uh, I don't know what I was about to say. I was just looking at something on the wall. That's generally what people say when they listen to this podcast. Oh, I haven't been listening. I was just staring at the wall. Um, <laughs> it's a bloody good wall, too, let's be honest. Um, so, we have uh, Ava here. This is sort of... Um, oh, no, Ava shows up. Uh, sorry, I'll start again. Um, at <laughs> Sean's house, when Sean's drinking. Now, okay... This is, I don't, I really hope if we ever got a writer from Nip Tuck on the show, like, you know, little things like, do you deliberately sort of have subtle references to Annie being disappeared? You know, do you have this, you have that? Do you have subtle references? Do you taking digs at the reception staff? 
because yeah. he was at the door and the first thing she says is, I'd really fire your reception staff if they're giving away personal information. And literally, Sean doesn't give a fuck. Like, they're literally giving away, like, confidential information. You cannot go to your doctor's surgery and be like, oh, Dr. Smith, I really need to see him. Can I have his home address? No. Like, that is... <laughs> That is in America too. Like, I mean, Australia and New Zealand, we're, we're, we don't have guns. Anyway, um, <laughs> this is, I just really hope it's like a real in joke, but Ava's here. She's got Raphael. Um, and we kind of get this nice little scene between two. I, I, you know, really again, appreciate the Famke Jansen's acting ability here. Um, and essentially we find out here that, uh, she's stolen the baby. <laughs> it's from, which I, I get confused because they say Brazil. But then next week they go to Romania, so I don't I don't know where we're meant to be with this. But um, so she's stolen this baby because you know they've got like one nurse to a hundred babies, and they wouldn't have um, no way had a look, uh, been able to sort of keep track of it. Um, and we kind of get that Ava theme music that we had back in season two. Um, and just, yeah, I just really, you know, like this, you know, Sean's reactions when he's just kind of like, you know, you're incapable of telling the truth and just kind of the back and forth between these two, you know, we've always talked about the, the strong acting ability of Dylan Walsh, but, you know, backed up here with Famke Jansen. I mean, it's a great scene. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I think it's, you know, we, we've probably spent a lot of time with, um, you know, Ava with, with Christian and obviously Matt and, and then Julia as well in season two. Cause, you know, lest we forget that she started off as Julia's life coach. Whereas we haven't spent a lot of time with just Sean and, and, and Ava really. I'm sure if we go back, there were some good scenes between the two of them, but they were never kind of the, the main focus. It's always been someone else. And so I think this is, you know, a, quite a cool thing because we kind of get to see these two interact which is something we don't get to see a whole lot of i like the kind of like the the drop little lines about you know he kind of goes on about oh you know Raphael's a good looking kid and and all that kind of stuff and you know it's just kind of building what we're going to get next week which is really cool so yeah i'm i do really enjoy this stuff and and the dialogue between them works really nicely for me um yeah it's just such a such a joy to have somebody of this acting caliber back on the show you know kind of i think we've done well and and you know outside of our our main characters obviously um you know we've we've done all right we've had some some good actors from time to time but um Famica Jansen just kind of is, is such a step up and and you know you really kind of miss that you know she can just make you know she could she feels like the kind of person that kind of read the phone book and it would be interesting um so it's, it's really cool to have that back on the show it's kind of like the difference between watching your your kind of local football team and then you know Messi or Ronaldo shows up and you realize that you know your local team might not be bad but you know here's an actual superstar <laughs> I don't know if you feel the same way but yeah I think she just she is just such a high caliber on the show you know even Every scene she's in, she just really, you know, sparkles on the show. I would pay good money to watch her read the phone book. Um, I mean, again, like, <laughs> she just looks amazing. Like, she just doesn't age. Um, I mean, she just really does not age. I know we talked about this during season two, but, I mean, this is, what, four years later, and she just looks exactly the same. So... Uh, incredible. Um, we get a, you know, br- brief scene here, sort of a bit of a... a Alluding to what we're going to get with our uh, our couple here, the Kriegers, uh, where Christian's sort of doing a bit of a checkup, and um, we've got uh, what Walter essentially. No, they've brought them in, haven't they? She's brought them in because I think they're having a, a reaction or something. Uh, and basically, he's saying like, you know, you get the tattoo, and you get the tattoo, and he's speaking in German. Um, 
So he's sort of taken away and it's kind of, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit crazy. Like what's going on here really? Uh, I, I just, I'm mean, quickly, do you have anything to say on this thing? Cause I think I might just move straight into the next one, but I mean, this is just a little minor scene. I don't know if you really have anything to add here. Yeah. It's just, it's just a little setup scene really. Um, yeah, there's nothing, nothing too much that's exciting to, to kind of delve into with this one. I don't think. Well, then we get, uh, dear old Matt basically, uh, <laughs> working his dream job of the carpet store. Uh, just absolutely <laughs> loving life. Um, basically, um, you know, acting brilliantly as to what it would be like to work in a carpet store. And, and I apologize to anybody <laughs> who's listening and, uh, works, uh, in a, a, a carpet store, particularly if you're in Victorville or something like that. But, um, I just kind of like his stare off when he's just kind of like rolling his eyes and then we just hear the, hello, Matt. And here's Ava. Uh, here's the scene that we knew we were going to get. I should, I should have mentioned when Ava was in Sean's house, uh, he, she kind of looked and saw the, the invitation for Matt and Ramona's wedding. But, um, the thing that just I really like about this scene is it's such a quick fire scene, isn't it? Like within like three sentences, he's like, I'm getting married tomorrow or whatever it is. Like, you know, there's, there's no real small talk, but you can just see like that chemistry between these two and, I, I kind of feel like we've all got someone who we had a past with that even if you met them again, you kind of, you know, I'm not necessarily going to say you're going to jump into bed with them in the next five minutes, but you've always got some form of connection with them where you're just kind of like, yep, straight away, there's just something there. Um, that could be your life partner. Who knows? It just, I just, that's my firm belief on that. But hopefully it is your life partner. And if you're with someone who's not, anyway, I'm losing track. The, my point is, the chemistry and everything that's happening between these two here is amazing. Um, Ramona shows up, and can we just talk about Ramona and say she's not the best actor? Uh, she kind of annoys me. <laughs> Sorry for the fan favourite that is Ramona. Um, but it's it's really, at this point, I am... I don't give a shit. Like, you know, boo, Ramona, Ava's back. Um, and, yeah, kind of just like Ava's sort of subtle, manipulative ways here where she's just kind of like, you know... I'm so happy for you, and, uh, you know, it's all, it's so good, the fact that you can find someone, and, um, you know, obviously sort of a subtle little, you know, sees Jenna, and it's kind of like, you know, such a beautiful little girl, and she also, I should mention, gives Matt a heap of money, so kind of just, we talked about this so much in season two, she's just got such a way of manipulating people, it's just, oh, it's incredible, so incredible, yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry, yeah, I love um, this scene. <laughs> Yeah, and I kind of like what you say at the start, that kind of Matt drops all this information really quickly, and it's almost like he just wants to get all this out because, you know, the longer he's kind of in her, you know, entranced by her, the the more likely he is to do something stupid. So he just kind of wants to get all this information out so she knows that, you know, he's about to get married, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's almost like he he knows what's going to happen the longer he spends in her, you know, her company. So he, he, he knows he's been tempted pretty much straight away, which is really good. And, yeah, obviously this is, quite a big setup for what we get um next week around the whole ava and and you know jenna which is you know, kind of comes out of nowhere a little bit um so yeah, this is why i say you kind of need to watch this episode in order for all of next week's episode to make sense yeah no completely agree christian meanwhile's on the couch he's reading a paper he's hung over uh, which is kind of weird because we saw him before with the Kriegers and he was fine but now he's hung over um <laughs> but um <laughs> I kind of feel like that scene's been put there and they just haven't thought about the continuity, but, uh, has a conversation with Sean, sort of, you know, last night with Julia and sort of admits that he tried to have sex with her. And this is again, just another bit where I'm like, really? Like when Christian's kind of like, I'm still in love with her. Like I've, you know, I love her still. It's like, 
it just diminishes shit. Like, one thing that I will have a subtle complaint about in these last two episodes is there's not a super huge Kimber conclusion. Um, I mean, again, I know we sort of talked that up, that they kind of leave that open in general, so, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing, and we will get a Kimber scene next week. But I just, I just kind of feel that that just diminishes the Kimber stuff, the way he's just like, I still love her. It's kind of like, no, move on, you've tried it. Like, he just, no, like, I just don't like that when he says that. Um, so then we sort of have Sean inviting Julia over and, um, Sean trying to get a bit rapey, essentially. Uh, I should have mentioned there was a bit of a flashback with Christian when, um, he sees sort of the, the rejection of Julia. Um, and sort of, uh, she mentions that, you know, I had this electricity whenever you walked in the room, but now it's gone forever. So, um, I guess I should have mentioned that too. Um, and yeah, Sean in this situation mentions that he still loves her. I'll move to New York with you, with the kids. Um, so yeah. And once again, the kids who are apparently there, but we haven't seen Annie O'Connor this week. <laughs> no, no. Well, at least we'll get them next week. Um, sort of. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, it is, um, you know, it, I, I did talk about this a little bit when we got the whole thing of um, Matt wanted to you know, cut these guys out of his life forever. And I thought, I can understand that with, with Christian. But with Sean, I kind of feel like he's not really done anything to deserve this. And, you know, like I, I don't want to kind of go into too much about what kind of a father Sean is. You know, like he's you know got his kids on the other side of the country and how often does he actually see them and things like that. But um, it seems like he loves his kids. And, it, like, I think this is a really hard thing to do to anybody, you know, is kind of move them to another country. You know, it, it is quite a big ass that Julie is kind of making here for him. And um, to kind of just swan in and, and announce it is you can kind of understand Sean's reaction. And, you know, this whole thing where he's trying to, you know, as you say, get a little bit rapey again. I think it's just, you know, he, he can't seem to kind of let go completely. And, and maybe that's Julia's whole thing about moving them. Is that the only way he, she's going to get him to move on is by moving to a completely different country? I don't know. Um, I think there's a lot unsaid and not in the script or, or on the screen. So we have to make a few assumptions, which is um, a bit disappointing. But um, but overall, I think that the scene generally kind of works and, and kind of just, you know, really puts a line under the whole Julia thing that, you know, she's not interested in either of these guys. She, she has, uh, you know, 100% moved on and, and they need to as well. Which is a weird thing for me to say this because this is sort of what the last scene between these two, isn't it? Just solo. And I kind of feel like we needed more oh. of a, conclusionary scene that summed it up a little bit more like where we are because it kind of just leaves it open doesn't it and the fact that if Sean bumps into her and their Europe European travels um <laughs> you know that he's just going to be doing this again you know what I mean like I'd, I'd rather them conclude this and with Christian than rather than the rapiness of oh my god I love you I'm hard to just kind of have a summary scene of just like yeah we had some good times I finally can say I'm over you like, I don't know, I just kind of feel to me, particularly with Sean, that that really would be like, okay, we're moving on from this now, it's done. Yeah, and I guess probably, again, it's implied in the next episode when they're kind of in the, the baby store buying stuff for for Liz's baby, and it's kind of, you know, the, just the tone between the two of them feels like it's, um, you know, it's very much a, a friend type of thing, like, that, you know, kind of Sean has made that conclusion in his mind, and you know, it's never over with Sean, I suppose, but yeah, that's kind of the way I, I, I kind of interpret it. So yes, I, I do agree with what you're saying, but I also think, you know, for fans that are kind of, um, watching this whole thing through, I guess we can kind of, we're left to infer a few things. And I think there's a few, enough kind of drop lines that we can get it, but yeah, it's always nice if it's kind of made explicit for us. That's for sure. 
We have our um, Holocaust survivors here, the Kriegers, and uh, we essentially uh, learn the truth that uh, Walter actually was a Nazi and uh, he ran away to Los Angeles after the war and pretended to be a Holocaust survivor. So, um, yeah, obviously a, a big drop. Like, you know, uh, I think we're just really ticking off all the taboos officially now, aren't we, on Nip Tuck? We've had incest, speciality, <laughs> um, now we've had Nazis. So um, there you go. Uh, <laughs> bingo. That's, I'm, a, I'm, that's a taboo yeah, bingo, I'm, ladies I'm, and gentlemen. <laughs> I never thought that on Nip Tuck I would see a flashback to um, Nazis. Um, that was, that was something I never really saw coming and, um, it looks like it was done on the budget that kind of like, you know, a, a primary school spends on paper clips really. It was, you know, like, let's just find some people in Nazi uniforms and, and shoot it in black and white. And that's kind of all we need to do really. So yeah, it, it does feel like, it, you know, did we need to see the flashback? Um, I guess we need it. This is a scene where it is made explicit where we, we, you know, we see the flashback. So there's no denying that that's definitely, um, what, what, what he's saying is actually true, I guess, but I kind of like I kinda it feel yeah, I suppose so. It just feels like it's it's done in a cheap manner, so it just doesn't, you know, it's certainly no Schindler's List, that's for sure. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, Matt shows up, meanwhile, to see, see Ava. He's returning the check. Um, and just, again, just such a great little uh, scene between these two and, you know, Ava just with the power over him, so, you know, how, how more handsome you've become and, you know, sort of Matt saying that... Uh, you know, you're incredibly beautiful, and yeah, we know what's going to happen. They fuck. Um, and then we kind of have a night. I do really like this scene when they're kind of laying in bed, and just the way Matt's just kind of like, you know, like sometimes in the dark, I fantasize about you, you know, and then just kind of them sort of, you know, like, why can't this be a thing and all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's a nice little, nice little scene, I think, between these two. Um, it just, yeah. It's big flashbacks to season two. And, and one thing too that I think I really appreciate with the Ava situation is that, you know, she comes back and it's never kind of thrown in a face. Like there's a few subtle little mentions, I think, when she talks about Barrett, but it's kind of like, it's not kind of thrown in the face. Like, oh, but you're a man. I won't sleep with you. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, we're a man. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of, I'm glad that they don't go down that direction as well. Mm, mm. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't think we were ever going to go there, so that is really good. I mean, the, the shot that I really appreciate here the most is, you know, they kind of have this moment where they kiss and then she kind of opens the bedroom doors and, and kind of like goes and, you know, sits on the edge of the bed and crosses her legs and kind of like leaves the decision to him. You know, it's not like she's dragging him into the bedroom and, you know, she could potentially say, oh, well, you know, that... Well, he could say that, oh, you know, she kind of forced me into it. You know, like it's, it's made very, very clear that he makes a decision. You know, that just the, the staging of the whole scene is that he literally walks through the door across the threshold and, and makes this very clear decision to do this. And, um, you know, I, I like that that's made nice and clear. And, and yeah, and um, I, I think it's, um, a, a well shot scene and, and totally well acted by these two. I think that they, um, they really nail it. And it's quite impressive, you know, because it's been years since these guys have had scenes together and it's just, kind of picks up exactly where it leaves off, really. Which I think, too, it's a slight little throwback to, I think it is the first time they ever sleep together back in season two. There's kind of a similar thing when she sort of gets up and walks off and sort of is like, you know, it's time to get your award or whatever it is. So I think kind of, you know, it's it's just the Ava way that she does this. You know, she just has this power. And one thing kind of I was just thinking, just kind of tie into stuff, we're talking about Julia. It's kind of intriguing that we don't actually get sort of a Julia and Ava scene because, like, as you mentioned before, it's sort of that is how this all started was it was julia who got all this into it and kind of yeah we sort of just got julia and almost you'd almost say a cameo in these last two episodes 
um, sort of an extended cameo, but like, I mean, it would have been, cause does she even give a shit about Matt in these last two episodes? I feel like there's no input from Julia about what's happening with the son. Yeah, I think so. It's, it, it would have been nice. I think it, it does kind of, I guess we kind of get all we get is a scene and I actually quite like it. It's coming up as the three of these, you know, the, the, the principal main characters kind of, um, at the wedding. I think, mm. it, you know, it's quite a nice little scene we get between them and that's really the only interaction we kind of see between Julia and Matt and, and this whole thing. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, maybe they're just the actors in real life just hated each other so much that they just refused to, uh, be in scenes together. Matt, meanwhile, shows up to see his dads and, um, what does he want? He wants the surgery done on the baby. Um, and then kind of, I like Christian's lines when he's just kind of like, you know, she's like, meth to you. Um, you know, you're addicted and, uh, basically, um, this, is this the bit where, uh, he says, can you keep Jenna? Um, it is, isn't it? Uh, and then basically Christian's like, no, well, you're never having a back if you leave. So, um, yeah, there's kind of that. Or is that next week? Have I jumped ahead? Um, I can't remember. No, it would be I, next I week. It doesn't make be, sense. Yeah, yeah, would, yeah, it is next week after. No, no, no. Cause that wouldn't make sense to say that he's leaving because he's about to get married. Good job, Ben. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I watch this show, people. I swear. Um, but, uh, what do we have? Yes. Yeah, so now we've got our, uh, titular characters again, uh, sort of, uh, uh, he, uh, Walter gets into trouble cause his daughter has called the, what the OSI or whatever it is. And essentially he's going to be charged and tried, uh, for his crimes. But then we sort of get Edith uh, after going off at him before has kind of forgiven him. And I guess this is the theme of this episode. It's forgiveness. Um, you know, where, and Sean kind of has that nice line where he's just says like, where does it come from that capacity to forgive? And she kind of just says like, well, how do you not? So, uh, yeah. again, I'm going to just quickly, you know, if you anything to add on this scene, but again, the, the theme is forgiveness of this episode. Yeah, I think so. And I, like I always keep saying, I think I love it when we get a really clear theme that kind of cuts both through the, the kind of titular character that we get for the episode, but also the, the main characters in the episode. So yeah, it is a really good one. Um, I, I like what we get from these two kind of principal, um, characters for the episode there. It's really tidy and tight and, um, you, you know, you, you get the little twist, but it's also, you know, um, it's fulfilling. You kind of leave them with this, you know, this final scene that you're talking about with Sean and, and that's enough. I don't think you actually need much more than that. It uh, does the job. Yeah. Essentially, it's kind of like they've ticked off the Nazis off the bucket list. We've got Taboo Bingo, and uh, let's just uh, keep keep moving forward, essentially. And uh, moving forward to a Mexican wedding. Yay. I mean, I should say <laughs> Hispanic wedding. Is she actually mentioned as being Mexican? Uh, that could be judgmental. No, there, ben? potentially not. You could be yeah. right there. Hispanic wedding, Ben. Um which is kind of, you know, pretty fancy. Uh, you know, it's kind of got the, the mariachi band and everything along those lines. Um, and sort of Matt's sort of line when he's like, you know, it feels like for the first time in my life things are right. It's not the first time we've heard him say that, is it? Um, and yeah, I agree with you. I do like this scene of them sort of around the table having a conversation, you know, it's that little line of where are the kids? Like, oh, and he's over there and Connor's doing that. Um, and I just kind of like the, you know, the line was it like one final three way and our sons are getting married and, you know, finally did something right. Like it's just, it is kind of like, you know, a nice little conclusion, which at the same time would have more meaning to it if we give a shit about Ramona and like, you know, like have her brought in at the very first episode. I don't know. Have it to a point where we care about this more. Um, because, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, we, as, as I said from the very moment we met her, we know this is not going to last. But, I mean, I'm going to put this whole 
seen section up into a potential top five because I think kind of the, the table scene there with uh, Julia, Sean and Christian and then also kind of what leads in here to Matt sort of running away. I mean, again, I've just noted it down. I think next week there's definitely two that will be in the conversation, you know, and we'll, we'll get to that obviously. But um, Matt gets a, a message. It's obviously from Ava. She's out the front. And Matt does a Julia Roberts and runs away from his wedding and uh, gets into the limo. It's Ava, and then Sean sees him drive off, and uh, that's obviously the uh, the big cliffhanger as we lead into our finale next week. Yeah, and I think um, a few thoughts on this is I I do really enjoy the kind of um, just just the composition of this thing. I suppose that you've kind of got this this music in the background, and you've got these kind of these shots of all this family that we know nothing about. But it is kind of like it, it is really evocative. Like you, it does feel like a wedding atmosphere, of you know these people all getting together and having a good time, and um, you know so it, it does kind of hit the mark on that point. We kind of you know as he's kind of walking away, you kind of get the shots of of um, of the bride kind of you know with the veil and everything like that and you know it, it does all feel really good i like that little scene between sean christian and julia which is you know more or less the last time we're gonna do it do we get them in the finale together i can't remember but um you know it's yeah but i think this is kind of like just, yeah the the three of them kind of together having this little scene which i think is is a lot of fun um it, just that there is just so much lightness in the scene up until the moment where matt leaves and um, I know this is a really big call, but I actually think this is one of the most effective cliffhangers that the show's ever done because it, it's not like, oh my god, what's going to happen? You know, like it's just it's quite understated. And, you know, he kind of just walks off to the car, and, and you know, as Sean walks out, he kind of sees what happens. And um, you know, I think it's one of those ones you really want to just come back and, and find out how this ends. You know, and knowing that the next week is the final ever episode, I think this just works really, really well as a little cliffhanger. It's you know, I, I know the stuff with the carve is always great you know when you, you know especially with the you know christian in bed and bed and the knife coming down and all that kind of stuff and that's a great cliffhanger and we've seen some good ones over, over time but the Colleen one obviously but this one just it's really kind of subtle and understated and it kind of gets to what i love about the show is you know, the principal characters and how they all relate to each other which is potentially not what the other cliffhangers have been about so i definitely wouldn't call it the best as such but i think it's a really one of the most effective ones because it is so subtle and understated i mean i would have definitely fought you over if you just said this is the best because i think to me hands down and i will say this with what you just said it, it is the carver christian one that is by far to me the best cliffhanger this show ever did but i mean again i'm not going to disagree with what you just said um and the thing too like you could almost end matt on this scene couldn't you like matt runs away off with ava the end that's matt goodbye you know you could have done this next week and it to me still sort of would have had the same effect like you obviously would have had to do a bit of you know continuity with Raphael in there somewhere but um you know you could have almost had this as matt's ending but um yeah yeah, I mean, would you... I just, there's so much I there's so much I love about it. Like, I love the fact that you know the the, the final shot is actually not. You know, Sean comes out and, you know, makes eye contact with Matt and they drive off. It's, you know, Sean comes out and makes eye contact with Ava and she kind of just gives him the shit eating grin almost and then just leaves like she's won. Um, and yeah, I think that that's just, it's really effective on a number of levels. It's just, it's quite clever. Um, that they, they haven't gone for what could have been the obvious thing to do of kind of, you know, Ava marching down the aisle halfway through mm. the wedding or something. It just feels like they, they have done, um, a subtle way of doing this, which, you know, if I'm being totally 
totally honest, is something you know, subtlety's not something I've seen a lot of on Nip Tuck over the last two seasons at least. You know, it's it, that's not something that they've been good at since Ryan Murphy stepped away from being the the kind of principal driver behind the show. So it, it really is a, a a good way of ending this episode, I think. Which I think kind of goes into what I just said before about uh, this being a potential top five. I feel like you're not going to argue with that fact then. No, I think it it is really well done, and it, there's just there's different layers of it that make it a really good you know good scene. Um, you know, we get lots of different things in it, which is cool. So yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm going to be arguing that point. Which I think I'm forethinking here two weeks in advance, but I, I kind of in my head I'm picturing because I'm I'm ninety percent certain you should probably back me up on the two scenes next week. So I feel with the two scenes next week, this scene and Kimber's suicide, I feel we've almost got four locked in. Maybe. I could be, again, jumping the gun here. Um, so, I mean, again, we've always said this season is kind of going to be one where it's it's a lot more open, I feel. You know, with season five, we were like, hey, this has just got some very hard-hitting scenes and the rest kind of just fluffs around it. Whereas, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm thought-thinking. Uh, I haven't even got to the part where we buy, rent, or bin this episode. Uh, I'll forward plan here, and I'm just going to say I'm buying it. Um, I think it's... Uh, I mean, again, it's not going to stand out as the greatest episode of Nip Tuck in the history of Nip Tuck, but uh, I still think it's a, it's a very solid episode. I mean, there's really nothing bad about this episode. I mean, you know, again, I've complained about the Julia stuff, but I, I can see why they've brought it back. So I, I feel like this is one of those rare ones of this season, and maybe not that rare. We've kind of talked a lot more positively about this show in the last few weeks than we did, you know, previous to episode 10. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a decent setup for the finale, and... You don't always have this in a in a show which is about to end in a week's time. You know, you you feel it waning. You feel it a bit lazy. You feel like, hey, are we done yet? And I don't feel it. I'm still wanting to watch next week. Yeah, very much. And I, I'm I'm totally going to back you up and and buy this episode. And um, you know potentially giving away a little bit of my thoughts. For, and, and, you know, this isn't saying anything about what I think about next week other than that I think this is the better of the of the two final episodes. You know, this is a really, really good episode. Um, and, you know, to me, the, the kind of the effort and the emphasis is on the right characters. I mean, I've always been quite a big fan of Matt. And, you know, he is kind of the focal point for all these guys, you know, like for Sean and Christian and Julia. And, you know, they've all got something invested in Matt. So kind of having him more central to the storyline has always made sense to me. And, you know, sometimes they've done that well and sometimes they haven't. But this is one where they definitely do get that right and, you know, everybody's focused on the right place. It doesn't feel like a whole lot of wastage for me. And I think, you know, Julia, you kind of you, you, your mileage will vary depending on what you think of the character and the actress. So I think that that's probably got something to do with it. Um, but you know, even if you don't like it, you like you say that's probably the only part of the episode that that doesn't totally work. Um, you know, we get a, a good theme that runs through everybody in the this whole thing about guilt and how you deal with that. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's a really, really easy one to buy. And, it would you know, it would be reason if I was doing a list, which, of course, I'm not, um, it, it might be kind of reasonably high up my list. I think it kind of the structure of the episode all works really, really well. Well, you're probably going to have it a lot higher than I because I should mention I actually have this sitting at 50th spot, um, the exact <laughs> halfway point. And I'll just say this right now as a spoiler, it's higher than next week on my ratings. How much higher? <laughs> I don't know. But, um, yeah, so this is the ultimate halfway episode of Nip Tuck to me, apparently. Uh, but having said that, you know, we, we established what last week, I've, I've crossed the 50% of buys. So, um, there you go. And just a quick little thing, Nick. Um, I, I won't give you the exact number. I'll save that maybe to our series recap for you. 
But uh, I can tell you that you will not reach the 50% bite ratio. So um, <laughs> just a bit of a spoiler alert for you there. So I've just quickly done the numbers. Even if you buy next week, it won't get you to the 50% ratio. So there you go. Uh, but that's it for the penultimate episode, which means next week we will be back to recap the series finale of Nip Tuck, the final episode, Hiro Yoshimura. Uh, this will be the last time we ever do a preview, uh, episode, preview of an episode next week. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've mentioned a few times, I sort of had a few issues with it when I first watched it. I didn't absolutely hate it. I was kind of like, eh, that was okay. But I've come to terms with it a lot more. Um, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm happy pretty much for the most part how all of these characters leave off. Um, and I feel like it's a satisfactory ending. There may be some stuff with the Christian and Sean stuff, which I think they could have done better. But I also think at the same time, it still is a satisfactory end. I, I feel you don't leave this show in a week's time going, oh my God, like it's not a how I met your mother where you're so angry, you've wasted six years of your life watching this show. I think you draw to a mildly to above average satisfactory conclusion of Nip Tuck next week. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that how I met your mother season finale didn't have Japanese porn in it. So we've got that to, to go. So, you know, like we can't be too upset, I don't think. But um, I, I think probably what I would say about next week is that it, it's a competent ending. You know, you kind of, I think you get all the answers to the questions you want to know. Um, they're maybe not the most spectacular answers in the world, but I think we, I think you walk away from it feeling pretty satisfied. Um, maybe not blown away, but I think it does enough to make you feel satisfied that you kind of get the, the information you were after so yeah i think it's it'll be an interesting one to talk about um i'm certainly not going to be railing on this one like really really negative about it um it's it's definitely competent and um i think i'm probably going to find a few more um positive things to say about it than negative well I look forward to it, and for you, dear viewer, listener, I should say, listener, um, you, your homework right now is one more week of Nip Tuck, and there you go, you've you've taken this journey with us along the way, so uh, if you have, of course, you might be just tuning into season six, or you might be just tuning into one episode, who knows, but if you've joined us, obviously, we'll uh, go over that a little bit next week, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, and all the relevant channels, uh, Instagram, YouTube, Google Podcasts, everything else in between, you know where to find us. Email us to remember the Network at hotmail.com and the website theoznetwork.net where if you find all these episodes, if you want to win a week, listen to 99 episodes of reviews as well as five season reviews, you can quickly do so in a week. I don't know if that's possible, but hey, stranger things have happened. But until next week, until we come back to conclude Nip Tuck for the very last time next week, my name is Ben and my balls are far from saggy. <laughs> My name's Nick and uh, I'm not the monster you think I am. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. <laughs>